here we are in the, well, what's left of the press conference on a truly historic day for endurance racing. This is the second of our Day at Daytona podcast, part of the, uh, the Inside the Sports Car Paddock series on the Marshall Pro podcast. And as always, recognising continued support from Cooper Tyres and from Justice Brothers. Stephen Kilby, we've just heard the details of something that all of us have been hoping and latterly waiting for true convergence in the top class of sports car racing. Still some detail to iron out, but agreements now signed between the ACO and IMSA that will see a new combined class in some of the greatest sports car races uh, in the world. A new breed of DPI now as uh, LMDH. Not quite sure yet what the H stands for, but we'll have some fun with that on Twitter, I'm sure, later. disagreements on the stage. There were. But is it hybrid? Is it hypercar? We'll wait and see. Immediate, I guess, emotional reaction as a professional in this sport and, and as someone who's loved sports car racing since God was a lad. It, it is incredible. After hearing background discussions for so long and hearing there was potential for this to happen, for us to actually sit in the audience and watch this unfold is a bit surreal. That's one of the words. I don't, I don't think it's sunk in yet. And I don't think it has for some of the people sitting on the stage because uh, you know, we've still got so much to work out and we'll hear so much more at Sebring. But right now, the buzz is something I've not seen in all the years I've been covering this. And me too, and I'm rather older than you are, let's say that. The collection of organisations in this room was also quite extraordinary. You name a major manufacturer, they were here. Um, is anybody declaring yet? No, of course they're not. But the potential here is absolutely massive. And as you'll hear for the interviews we've collected uh, this morning with the likes of uh, ACO President Pierre Fion, IMSA President John Doonan, from Gerard Naveau, and from some of the manufacturer representatives, it's, it's a quite extraordinary moment as we wait now to see who declares interest and beyond for either IMSA or for the WEC or for potentially even both. And you know, amongst the, um, the, amongst the manufacturers the list of manufacturers that uh, were in this room obviously all the current IMSA manufacturers we've had Lexus in here we have Mercedes-Benz in here we've had Audi, Audi uh, Ferrari, uh, absolutely you name it they were here uh, plus of course the four chassis manufacturers that will be part of MDH. that may be one of the more surprising aspects of this announcement that there is not going to be retendering of LMP2 chassis um, regulations. It will be the existing four LMP2 manufacturers with entirely new chassis um, for the 2021-22 WC season. So rather ironically, let's call it what we used to. Effectively, DPI 2.0 now LMDH will appear for the first time not in IMSA mm. but in the WEC, and of course the fall 2022 uh, IMSA season. An extraordinary moment. Mm. It, it really, really is, and. I don't think we can quantify it yet. We really can't. Um, Sebring's going to be so interesting. And the thing is, today's going to be a real momentous day all the way through to the evening. We'll be hearing stuff from manufacturers. We're going to be sending out statements. We'll be seeing personalities walk in and out of the press room. We'll be grabbing words with as many people as we can. And then we've got a race to cover tomorrow. And let's not forget, it's quite an important one. Well, enjoy what we've got to bring to you today. Uh, We'll be collecting more uh, and adding to what we've already gathered from this press conference throughout the next few hours uh, for certain. But uh, for now, uh, enjoy the moment, sports car fans, because if they get this right and if the manufacturers produce what I think they're going to produce when we get uh, just a couple of years down the road you're going to see some of these great races with utterly extraordinary grids enjoy
Mr President, John Doonan, there's four words I've not actually said to your face before now, but that's a good uh, set of words to say. John, this is truly a historic moment, and as a man who's been a student of the sport for so long and has pushed so hard to put together quality programmes, tell me a little bit about what this means to you personally before we go on to the yeah, response from him, Thanks. It's, it is historic. Uh, came through the tunnel today, you know, sort of saying to myself, I can't believe we're going we're gonna to finally do this, and it's been years of effort by... The France family, by you know IMSA, by Scott Atherton, Don Panos, all those folks. I'm just fortunate to now be here as the caretaker of uh, of IMSA and, and this this relationship. Um, you know, I think that's the key piece is making sure that you take a perspective of uh, the manufacturer, and they're giving us plenty of input. Um, as I ran my previous team, you know, I was always worried about uh, logistics and personnel and the costs of doing it. Um, we need to keep that in mind and contain those costs. Um, but, man, what an opportunity we have here for all these manufacturers that current ones who have pushed us and, and then those who now see the opportunity to do this on a global scale. Um, you know you're a fan of it too and and uh, your listeners are all fans of it it's can you imagine rolling off at daytona in 2022 or rolling off at Le Mans in uh, 2022 with all of these manufacturers all with the proper chance to 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 secure victory i mean it's it is an astonishing moment for that reason yeah and here's the irony here we are and you've been dealing all week i have to say with a degree of real class with the one question that's been around here which is about numbers yeah. and all of a sudden we've got a completely different world yeah. knocking on the door yeah. now is it simply a matter of waiting to see what the manufacturers you've been debating these changes with produce and are we expecting that to happen quickly yeah there's they're the real drivers but based on the level of interest that's come to us already with this idea of convergence i have uh, i'm hopeful that many will announce uh, relatively soon that they're uh, obviously happy with today they're going to go back and study it they're going to go to their boards and talk about this as a platform to showcase their brands uh, around the world so um, good things are coming and uh, you know you're right some folks have asked about the grid for the Rolex 24 tomorrow you know what uh, the grid for the weather tech season uh, 2020 uh, is up you know, we've got over 50 cars in the Michelin Pilot Challenge race today. Um, I think things are looking up, and uh, I'm here again just to uh, be the steward of uh, what is an amazing IMSA platform, and uh, can't wait to see what the rest of the season holds. Good stuff. Good luck for the race tomorrow. Let's hope it's fast, and let's hope it's safe. Thank you. You know everything. Well, not quite. You have to wait for Sebring, though. We have to wait for Sebring. We have to wait to see who's actually going to declare. Pierre, first and foremost, congratulations. This is truly an historic day. You're a man who knows the history, of course, of the great race and of insurance racing. Just give me your emotional response to the reality of what's just happened. Uh, it's a big emotion for me uh, today because uh, we have been working together with, uh, with Jim for a long time to... Uh, uh, achieve this what, what we announced today. We the first step was with a P2, uh, but for sure the dream was to uh, achieve something with the top categories, and today it's done. So uh, it's a very important day for me. It's a very important day for SEO for IMSA, and most most of all, it's a very important day for endurance racing. The P2 
platform has been a huge success. It looks like going from strength to strength in Europe again this year with big numbers expected there. You mentioned on stage a commitment to that platform. Can you tell us a little bit of your philosophy, your detail about LMP2 and its future as not just a basis for this new class, but as a standalone class itself? No, in fact, uh, it, it, it's too early to speak about the, the, the future of P2, but what you have to, to know today that we will build a new chassis with four, manufa- with four manufacturers who are building the whole chassis in P2 and this chassis will be the basis of the next generation of LMP2 so the next generation the next generation of LMP2 will be in 22 so we need to, to develop to think what will be this future but for sure this is this, this will be the same chassis. It's not just a new start for the top class in sports car racing. We're approaching another moment, which I know is very special to you and Turbo at the ACO, and that's the centenary. And we're going to have a brand new class, a converged class, with real potential for the 100th anniversary of the greatest race in the world. Yes, for sure. Uh, with that, I think we will attract some more manufacturers and for sure 2000, uh, 2023 will be the rest to win. CEO of the FIWC, Gerard Naveau, is with me now after a momentous occasion we've had here. You hinted at it when we spoke last time back at Bahrain. Mm-hmm. You know, you told us back then that there was a, a real desire to get this done. It's now done. What's your first reaction? I'm happy, but uh, as I said just before, we... We open a book now, so it means that we were working very hard to create this book. We have opened the book. We have uh, just finishing the first chapter today with the announcement of this uh, convergence, and now we have to write all the book together. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a huge work in front of us, a big responsibility, but I feel happy because I have the, the feeling that uh, with uh, this full support from ACO and IMSA, we are able to provide the best stage for the OEMs who wants to attend the top categories in sports car. So for the listeners at home, just to give a, a little bit of an explanation about what you think the top class is going to look like in terms of numbers and manufacturers as we stand it's now. It's too early, very frankly. It's, it's, and, and, and it should be very arrogant to say something about that. Of course, we have a discussion with many OEMs. Of course, we have an expectation, but this is very internally. I have to say that the, the, our mission is to provide, our goal is to provide the best condition to do it. And we, we spend a lot of time during the, the, the last month to discuss with the different OEMs to pay attention to what they are looking for. And uh, clearly they say we have the wish to stay in sports car. We love this this these this, uh, categories. Nevertheless, we have to make sure that the budget is very reasonable due to the economical situation. Secondly, you have to input uh, technology because it's impossible now to develop a program without technology. And the third point, you cannot imagine to have separate program to do one WC and the other one will do American program. We have to find a way to do something together or to open the door to make possible that you can race in the bus side of the Atlantic for the major events. So, and, and this is easy to understand. Uh, I would say that if you are big manufacturers and if you are racing in sports car categories in endurance, your wish is to race in Le Mans 
but also in Daytona, in Sebring, but also in Spa, in uh, Petit Le Mans, but also in Silverstone. It makes sense for that. So, uh, and uh, with with the announcement from today, we have extend the stage. So we have make possible to do it. Uh, now it will, and you will know more about that in Sebring with the, the final explanation about the technical details with the car. But what we try to do is to provide this platform, this convergence, and to make sure that these manufacturers will be happy to to join us. Have you worked out yet just how you're going to make sure that manufacturers that do come along um, commit to like full seasons in one or both of the championships and don't just pick and choose the races they want to do? Because what we no. don't want is that some of the smaller races for IMSA and WC no, 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 to have no. a small field. No, no, because the, the, the way we manage the programme is to try to make sure that they will attend the both side. It makes sense for that. And, uh, and uh, there is so many details that we cannot explain today because this is still in progress now and uh, very close to the finalisation. You know, we announced today, but we work on it since a long time, a very long time. On the backstage, as usual, and uh, I have to say that now you can be confident that for these people, the interest is not to make. Okay, I would like to go there and there and just make my. No, they want to be full part of the championship race for the overall victory for the titles. That's still the goal for these guys. And but until now, it was a very limited access at the end. If you see, it was impossible for uh, until now for LNDH to race in America or for DPI to race in uh, in WEC. Now with the LMDH, it will be possible. Where do you think this leaves uh, the hypercar regulations as a whole? Because, you know, the thought is it's, it's quite a, you know, there could be a big disparity in how expensive it is to race in the, with the two different regulations. So yeah. the hypercar ones are, are supposed to be um, a bit more expensive than running a DPI. Yeah, but this is not DPI, this is a new car. So this is not a, a, a hypercar, this is a new car. This is, in, this is in between. So we have been inspired by the both program, the, the prior DPI and the, and the hypercar, and we create something new in the middle that we call the LMDH, with a specific chassis, with a, a specific de- uh, definition that you will know more in a few weeks. The, the fact is that you, you have to respect also the choice from the manufacturers. Some of them, they want absolutely to involve a road car because this is their marketing strategy and you cannot go against that. So if you tell them, no, you have to use a common chassis or a common hybrid system, they will say, no, I'm not interesting. So what we have met today, we have extend the stage. So it means that we have answered to the different options they can choose now. And you, they will have the possibility to say, okay, I want to buy to, 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 to build my own chassis because this is my uh, experience or my my uh, my position, or I will I will prefer to to buy a chassis to one of the old uh, manufacturer chassis uh, that we have for LMP2 because you understood also that we do a long term vision with the same chassis for new P2, so I mean that we save money also for manufacturers of our teams, and at the end. Uh, they will have the option. Some other will say, I would like to use my own uh, hybrid system. I don't want to use an, a common hybrid system. So with this announcement today, you totally extend the stage. That's it. And, and, and you make possible to have the different option racing together with the same level of performance. Is there any chance that we'll see additional or a different selection of LMP2 manufacturers at any point in this process? Like a, a manufacturer so. like Janetta who wanted to come in to, to do LMP2 like they're doing P1 and P3? I'm not the right guy to answer to that because it has to be a collective answer but I think that we have to now we are running with the time so we have to be ready for 21 uh, September and for January 22 which is very close uh, period Uh, and at this moment the people working around the table are the current existing people because they already have the experience with that so they have a big advantage they know very well many things about the, 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 the this 
type of chassis and and they are also involving with the technical meeting group working on this program on, the, on this uh, LMDH program. One last question. Um, the, the targets in terms of manufacturers that we're seeing who you want to get involved in this there's a lot of parallel there with some of the manufacturers already in GT at the moment in GTE and GTLM where does that leave GTE and GTLM in the future do you, feel, do you feel that it will continue to be strong it's a good question but it's very, it's very early to answer to that first of all you have to wait who will join the LNDH program if it's coming out from GTE or if it's another manufacturer so to see the impact and you have to never forget that LM, the, the, the GTE program is both side pro and am and I think that there is in any case an existing story in the future for the, 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 the private program with the GTE and uh, we have to wait to see how is the grid probably few manufacturers will be interested to maintain the BOSS program if they want to join because the business model of the GTE is totally different than the top class, the LMDH uh, category, for sure. So we have to wait and to be ready to anticipate and to adjust the grid regarding the evolution of the grid in the near future. Perfect. Thanks so Thank much you. for your time, Gerard. My pleasure. Well, I've got with me former IMSA president, Scott Atherton, uh, who's here watching... In the front row of this major, major day here, major conference at Daytona. Scott, I've got to get some thoughts off you because you were part of, of laying the table for this, weren't you? Today is the fulfillment of a very, very long process that no part of it's been easy, but things that are worthwhile typically are that. They're difficult. Um, but this, this sets up endurance sports car racing for the next many years. Uh, you could even go so far as to say the next decade. Uh, and it's, it's good for the industry across the board, manufacturers, teams, the sanctioning bodies, and most especially the fans. Uh, the byproduct of today's announcement will pay dividends for many years to come. And the inception of this, it appears the more we dig into it, that there was just as much want for this on both sides. Both sides really wanted this to come together. This isn't one side forcing it on somebody else, is it? That's correct, um, but that's, it's much easier said than done. Uh, primarily because the the next generation regulations, the hypercar regulations, were already announced and already ratified by the World Motorsport Council. So you can't just unwind that or pretend that that's not there. There's manufacturers that have made decisions and made commitments based on that. But what was announced today was was a convergence that ultimately results in a single platform. If you look at the timeline, there will be a period of time where both will be balance to be able to compete together. They'll all be eligible together from the start, beginning in September of 21 for the WEC and for and January of 22 for IMSA and the WeatherTech Championship. But ultimately, after that converged you know, um, period of harmonization, to use a word that the FIA likes to use, a single platform then carries on. And uh, I think that's going to be... That's the catalyst that will bring more manufacturer involvement at the top class level. What do you envision is it, this is going to actually look like in terms of numbers, in terms of excitement, in terms of you know profile for this part of the sport? It's pure speculation as to how many manufacturers. I know that our process of defining the next generation of DPI regulations has involved 
from the beginning, nine and most recently ten different manufacturers that have been in the room and very actively involved in defining those regulations. What number of them actually go forward and produce a car and start competing uh, is anyone's guess right now, but I think everyone's got high level of confidence and, uh, and optimism that with today's announcement, it will be that catalyst that will then enable those manufacturers to go to their board of directors, get the support they need to make these programs come to fruition. I think from a, what's it going to look like? Every manufacturer will have more freedom to put their design cues, their design brand elements into these cars than uh, what is the case today. So that's an element that uh, is a result of a lot of feedback from manufacturers. The DPI example gave them that opportunity, but it had some fairly significant restrictions. The the next generation will open up many more opportunities for that styling. Uh, it gives them an opportunity to bring their internal combustion engine, their choice. Again, very broad parameters to work within, and then a single-source hybrid system. So the combination of all that together is going to make for some really good-looking, exciting high-performance, top-tier prototype examples. Last question. We've come a long way since the top of the, uh, the two championships merged in the U.S. Um, back then, could you have visioned that this would happen? Yes. No hesitation there um, because it made so much sense. And the devil's in the details, and there's a lot of emotion involved. There's a lot of politics involved. There's a lot of pre-existing conditions involved. It hasn't been that long that the regs that allowed teams to race at Sebring and Le Mans, i.e. the American Le Mans series, were in place. You know, seven years ago, the top category at Sebring shared the same technical regulations with the top category at Le Mans. Um, it's been that long, though, since we have been separated, and now we're back together so that Going forward, uh, I believe that's the lightning in the bottle. And with all that's happening within the auto industry right now, with the unprecedented pace of evolution um, in terms of technical advancement, autonomous vehicles, alternative power sources, et cetera, et cetera, this wasn't an option. This had to happen. And uh, thankfully, today it has. Perfect. Thanks so much for your time, Scott. Thank you. Nelson Crossgrove from Mazda. What a historic day. Oh, it's amazing, isn't it? It's, uh, I mean, I've not been kind of a fan of the sport all the way back to the 70s when they, when it kind of, you know, in the early 80s it split. Actually, we are talking about that this morning when the, the last time you could run the same car, and we were debating whether it was an old, the Porsche, you know, the 962, but... Um, no, it's a, it's a historic day. It's uh, it's super exciting for motorsports in general. It's uh, it's it, it it gives us a, a, a wonderful runway, you know, going in the next ten years to to, to race competitively, at, you know, and globally. Um, I think it, it you know it, it's going to be incredible to see everybody that comes out and, and wants to be involved. Um, you know, it, it'll be it'll be fun to see. It. Who's, who's involved and who, who, who's racing. I think it's fair to say in the current DPI era, your current car, the RT24P, mm-hmm. it's a very pretty car. Oh, it's, it's beautiful. It's the one that really has got the spirit of the DPI thing. Yeah. But we move on to a new era now, and you're yeah. going to get the opportunity to re- re-envisage that. 
I'm, I'm going to get straight in there. Mm-hmm. When and might we hear a commitment to this program from well, to North America? Well, hey, first, first of all, you know, we have to we have to see what the rules are, right? So, it, I mean, and and how that plays out with the cycle plan going forward, and um, I'm, you know, I'm excited that we, you know, I think we're going to obviously have to take a strong look at, at this, um, and then also how we plan. Um, you know, to close out the DPI 1.0 era, right? You know, so we've got this this beautiful car that you said, and it now has a it now has a shelf life, right? So you know, we got to try to close that out with winning some of these big races, potentially you know, fight for a championship, and um, and I'm really excited about about those things. But now we have bookends. We know we know what to do, um, and we'll you know obviously look at this going forward. So it'll be fun. The other quick question is the level of interest in your colleagues back in Japan that have been showing in this process. Now, that's not for you to announce, yep. but I take it they've been closely informed and uh, been closely involved. I've, in uh, I actually was um, Morrison, um, who's uh, president of um, CEO of North American Operations. He's actually in Japan right now. I've been texting with him during the whole coverage conference. So, you know, he's obviously a huge fan of, of global motorsport. He drives himself. It's, he's, you know, so I've been keeping uh, keeping up with him, and, and I'm hoping to get, um, you know, when we catch up next week when he's back, we'll we'll talk some more. It'll be fun. Any chance of parallel programs for this great brand? I don't know. I, I honestly, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. For um, now, we switch. We switch yep. to concentration. What happens tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, Big yeah. Race. Your first time at the helm at the Rolex 24. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've done this race uh, many times, but I've not done it from this position, this seat on the bus, right? So, um, no, it should be really uh, interesting day. We obviously had a great day yesterday qualifying, um, you know, even though that wasn't, you know, the race is our priority. Um, it just sort of worked out the way it did with traffic and tire life and all that. So it was great. Um, Ali did a great I mean, he's, he's a stud, right? He did a great job. So, And Jonathan was quick, very, very quick. So, um, you know, this morning was uh, more systems checks. We've got, you know, got best motors we can put them in, you know, fresh stuff. And uh, um, we had a great, great morning um, getting, you know, going through all the necessary checks, you know, going through and scuffing tires, and we're, you know, we're ready to go. So... Excited for tomorrow. All you got to do now is go out and win it. Yeah, exactly. At least they moved it up an hour this year, right? So we can. You know, it's not. It's. Uh, I. I. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I think it's going to be really good. Uh, really good for Mazda. I think we we've never, from the guys that have worked on this program for so many years, that I that are still in the program. I mean, I don't think Mazda's ever been as prepared as they are today for this race. So um, had some great testing. Um, our, our friends at Team Yoast, our um, our friends at Multimatic, and, and especially our our partners at AER. They, you know, it's been a it's been a, a, a long winter, and we've uh, we've done a lot of testing and a lot of work, and hopefully we'll we'll be in good shape. Uh, you know, when the sun comes up. I'll say right now what I always say: these moments, which is to every racer, be fast and be safe. Oh, thank you.